welcome to Ask a Relationship Coach Podcast. This is Jenny Morrow, and after 12 years as a licensed marriage and family therapist and relational coach, I am here to answer all of your questions, and today I am joined by another coach and relationship coach, my husband, Bryce Bauer. Hey, good to be here, Jen. So I was really excited to have Bryce on for today's question, and um, we'll dive into that in just a moment. But first, just wanted to talk about announcements. So if you haven't checked out the website yet where you can get access to all of the episodes of this podcast and also the podcast Bryce and I did before this one, go to advancedrelationshipacademy.com and you can also get access to our free web masterclass there, The Intimacy Blueprint, which is really the foundation of all of the work I do with clients. So you can get it absolutely free, go to the website, check out the resources, and let's all learn how to do relationship better. Okay, so anything else, Bryce, that you want to talk about before we dive into the question today? Yeah, I have a men's group that's starting. I actually have a couple of them, so we're going to have one that's over 30 and one that's under 30, and these are done online, max six people per group. So if you want to find out more about that, you can go to www.bricebauer.com, B-R-Y-C-E, B-A-U-E-R. Awesome. Okay, cool. And Bryce and I are still in the middle of travels slash moving. We moved out of our house in September. We're getting ready to move into a new one at the end of this month. But we are just coming to you from a little Airbnb, and we're just feeling really excited to get to a place that has more space soon. Um, But it's just nice to know we can podcast and connect with all of you from wherever we are. So thanks for sending in questions, and um, today's question is a small question in terms of how many words are in the question. It's a short question, but it's also a big question in terms of topic. So one of the areas where I have done a lot of work with clients over the last few years is working with clients in mixed faith situations where couples used to be of the same religion and then maybe one has left, or where one is now secular and one is religious. And so this is a topic that comes from a question asker um, in a situation like that. So today we're going to be talking a little bit to those of you out there who might be in a mixed faith marriage, or maybe you have mixed faith relationships with your friendships or your family members. And even if you're not in a mixed faith relationship situation, when we talk about big differences, it can really be applied to a lot of different situations. All right, so do you want to read the question, Bryce? Yeah, so what are some tools couples can use when the belief, non-belief in God starts to become a big problem for the believing spouse? I don't have any thoughts just yet. I just want to sit with the question, and Bryce will also jump in whenever he's ready. Yeah, we might use this time to kind of ask each other questions because we don't have all the information. The first piece that pops out to me is big problem. So what does that mean? I I see couples frame this quite a bit as someone feels angry or disappointed or sad, and that is a big problem. But here with Jenny and I and the work we do, we don't consider feelings as big problems. Those are actually great grist for the mill when it comes to doing personal work. So just because your spouse is feeling distant or angry or sad, that isn't actually a problem. And when we change it from a problem to something that can actually help us grow, both of us grow, and come closer together, 
that whole mindset shift shifts it from being this weight that we have to fix and get off of us to this thing that can actually serve us. And just that little mindset shift can go a long way. Yeah, as you said that, I could just feel my body relax. The other word that popped up for me was big opportunity. It doesn't mean it doesn't feel like a big problem. So many of us have resistance to certain emotions like disappointment, anger, pain. And I remember during some of my own journey, one of the phrases I would sometimes say is I give my family permission to feel pain. I give my friends permission to feel pain. I give the man I'm dating permission to be disappointed. It was a big experience in starting to learn how to make space for discomfort so that we had an opportunity, all of us together had an opportunity to use the experience to grow. Yeah, and what I find in working with couples is usually the couples that work through big problems are the ones that come out stronger and closer on the other end. Definitely. The couples that go through the relationship kind of subtly burying things and bottling things tend to not feel as fulfilled in life, feel as fulfilled in their marriage. So this can actually be a big thing to grow your relationship. And there's always the option to leave, right? Like this is the first question that I ask any couple when there's a big roadblock there is, do you want to be in this relationship given that this person is where they are and you are where you are? And assuming that people don't change drastically in a short period of time, that it could stay like this, do you still want to be in the relationship? And when people make that commitment that they want to be in the relationship and they want to work through it and there is a big issue on the table, people come out stronger and closer when they really go and do the work. Yep. So let's talk a little bit about maybe what that work is with something like this. So this question askers is talking about something that might be considered an existential topic. So you're looking at the meaning of life. Where is the source of life? Where does it come from? And God is one way that people use to describe the experience of the source of life. So it's a, it's a question about an existential topic, but it's also a question that's very practical in that it's about how do we as a couple relate? And what does this existential topic even have to do with the two of us? How does it impact us individually? And then how does it impact us together in our relationship? And how do we begin to talk about something like this? Especially if, you know, at one point you were on the same page with it. So one thing that comes up for me would be to start to ask your partner questions. So if Bryce or I are in a position where one of us is experiencing something as a big problem or we're experiencing a lot of negative emotions about the other person's way or perspective or behavior, one of the first places to go if we are committed to the relationship is to start asking each other questions. Now, sometimes when we ask each other questions, it can come from an intention of trying to change the other, trying to get them to see our way. And that's usually less effective. It's a strategy and there's nothing wrong with it, but it's not going to be as effective as seeing if you can really start to open up your own body, your own mind and your own heart to the desire of really, really wanting to understand your partner and knowing that as you begin to understand your partner better, you're actually going to get this beautiful opportunity to understand yourself better as well. So this process can really begin to bring more opportunity for growth through understanding. And then once you understand through being able to love these aspects of your partner and yourself that maybe you didn't even see were there before. If I were to take it into one practical tool, I would practice actually sitting together and breathing 
maybe even for one to two minutes. And just taking little bite-sized pieces out of this one. And you could say something like, I'd love to sit and talk about this topic tonight. Do you feel open to it? And we can set a time intention maybe for 30 minutes. And the goal, the purpose of why I want to talk with you about it is to see if we can understand each other better. And also get a read for where each of us are. Are we doing okay? Do we need more support on this? But I'd love to sit and talk about this topic and just kind of see where we're at. Do you feel open to that? You could just ask your partner. Yeah, and I, where I see people get snagged sometimes is the level at which they're trying to talk about it. So if you're trying to talk about this at a logical level, like this is why I believe what I believe, and they're trying to talk about why they believe what they believe, a lot of opportunity for snag and chance that your nervous system could get really activated and you're just blown out and you're angry and you really can't have a logical conversation at that point. So what you need to be aware of is what's happening to your partner, really attuning to them. Do they feel upset? Do you feel upset? Sometimes when we don't know what's going on with us, we'll try to project out. I do this. Try to project out, Jenny, what's going on with you? So continuing to stay vulnerable and share like, yeah, I'm feeling nervous to talk about this. I'm feeling angry and giving a lot of space. If you're talking really fast, odds are you're going to get into muddy water quicker. So keep it slow. Keep it relaxed. Attune to each other. This is what actually creates a secure partnership. It isn't so much that we agree on everything. It's that we can track each other and see what's happening and check in. You can check in with yourself and share what's going on. That's what really creates connection. It's not the belief or not the belief in God. Mm -hmm. And that ultimately you're both committed to the partnership. So kind of like Bryce was saying, if that commitment is there, it provides this really nice container again to go deeper together If that's not there, these conversations are going to be a little bit trickier and may even be helpful to have some more support. But I just, yeah, just wanted to lay that out there. It it makes sense to me. If you're afraid to have conversations like this, it makes sense, especially if if there's any kind of threat against the relationship itself. Yeah, and I I like to use like a simple formula here because when I work with people in the addiction field, it's like I think about it as levels of care. So right now, you might be listening to this podcast and you might try some of what we're doing. If it doesn't work, maybe you need to devote more time and read a book or listen to another podcast. If that doesn't work, usually the next level is to go to therapy or get some coaching and really learn these tools in real time so you can bring them back into the home and use them because you don't know what you don't know. You could be just running yourself in circles, wasting lots of time and energy and money in different ways. Yeah, I'm a huge advocate for getting some type of support if it's not working. And Mm -hmm. if you can take this information and go home and use it, I think that this, you can make progress. People can make progress on their own. And if it's not enough or if it's not working, then don't feel ashamed to reach out for help. Yeah, I really agree with that. So I was thinking maybe we could give an example, Bryce, or maybe even like a little role play of what could someone do if they were to sit down and have a conversation with their partner and one person is maybe no longer believing in the idea of God and one person still is. <laughs> Would you like to try that with me? I'm laughing because I can't imagine myself in the believing position because I was just raised completely secular. And you imagine. grew up LDS, so it seems like that would be the naturally naturally the easier one for you. Yeah. Yeah. And so the the situation is that it could be that you want to take the kids to church 
say that? Or let's say, let's work very specifically with the question. Let's say that you're no longer believing in God mm-hmm. and it's starting to feel really hard for me. Okay. And who's the more resourced one? Let's say in this moment, you're more resourced. Okay. And we use that term resource. It's like who's more available emotionally, who's more calm in that moment. And you might say that you're the more calm one, but really check in here. Mm-hmm. There's a good chance neither of you are calm. So just go with, if you feel like you do have the capacity to just listen and hear and not defend and really, I mean, this is tough work. Like if you're doing this the first time and all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I'm listening. And then you're just defending. That's completely normal. And this is where the real traction happens. So I'll be the one who's more relaxed, more in my body and ready to listen. Great. And one thing to also know in mixed faith type situations, often in conversations like this, the person who's most concerned about the actual content of the topic or who will appear the most concerned about it is the one who's still in a believing position. So as a believer, I care about the content of this topic. I care whether Bryce does or doesn't believe in God. To Bryce, the content of the topic actually doesn't matter much. If he's come to a place where he's no longer really believing, whether he believes in God or not is not very relevant anymore, especially if he's done a lot of processing around it. But the piece that becomes very relevant to someone who's transitioned is the relationship itself. And sometimes it can be the opposite where the person who is transitioning actually cares more about the content in the conversation or appears that that's the, it appears that that's the focus where the one who is still in the religion or still believing is caring more about the connection or the relationship itself. So it can actually go either way. In this question, I'm hearing that the one who's still in the religion or still believing is the one that's focused on the content. And so there's nothing right or wrong with that. It's just helpful to know that sometimes when you go into a conversation with your partner, you sometimes think you're in the same conversation while you might actually be in two different conversations, one about the content and one about the relationship itself. So where Bryce is going to be most likely to get triggered is if he perceives that the relationship itself is threatened or if he perceives that I don't love him as much anymore because he no longer believes in God. That's going to be where he's going to be most likely to no longer be resourced and get real triggered or activated. Where I'm going to be more concerned about the content. Does he or doesn't he believe in God? And that may or may not be how it goes in our role play, but um, that might be helpful to know as you're navigating these kinds of conversations together. Okay, so I'm the one who's come to Bryce and I'm saying something like, I'm just feeling really sad that you don't believe in God anymore. I feel really sad about it. I feel angry. I feel betrayed. I feel alone. I mean, we were in this together and now, now you're not believing and I feel really angry about it. Yeah. What's making you feel most angry about me leaving? Well, I don't even feel so concerned about you leaving. I understand, you know, if it hasn't been working for you and you don't feel good at church. I mean, I'm, I understand that I want to support your mental health and emotional health. And I understand that it doesn't feel great there. And that's hard, but when I hear you say you don't believe in God, I feel, I just, I feel so angry. Yeah. Yeah. That may, and that makes sense that you feel angry because we had this pact that we made. And I know you're thinking about this as our internal salvation and the fact that I've left could be scary and and you could also feel angry about that. Is that right? Yeah. 
Yeah, am I missing anything there? Well, let's see. Yeah, I think like what's coming up for me is I feel like you you don't understand how hard it is for me. Okay, and that's why I'm I really want to be here with you right now and, and try to understand. Would that be helpful? <sighs> yes, I can tell. I want to lash out more. I can tell. I want to project onto you <sighs> how much pain I feel right now. Yeah, I can tell I want to lash out more, but thank you so much for saying that. It actually feels really good to hear that you're with me still. Yeah, and as I'm looking at Jenny going out of the role now, is like she's relaxing, she's taking deep breaths, the breathing's not so shallow, we're making eye contact, and so I'm, I'm connected to her so I can see what's happening. If you're doing this as you're walking around in the kitchen and the car, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. This is a real conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just I just practiced this role play with Bryce with some of my skills, which some of you might not have, but it felt so good to feel my the temptation to project onto him more when he said he was here for me. There was a sense of like it really did feel good. Like I really could feel that when you said that, Bryce. Even though this isn't our conversation, I was like, oh, that felt good. And then I could feel this immediate sense of like, but I should resist that because I'm supposed to be angry and he's supposed to be the problem. But it was nice to use the skills I have to just acknowledge that. Yeah. Yeah. And also validation. You probably heard me say it makes sense that you feel scared or angry because we had this pact and now I have left, right? I have moved out of that agreement. So it doesn't mean that you're you're saying that you're wrong or that they're right, or that you need to change what has happened, but the validation is super important here. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do we want to work with like a topic beyond this, or was that enough? Hmm. Well, is anything else popping up for you? Well, I was curious in this role play to think about what do you actually want? Like, I still don't know what you want. So you feel like angry and frustrated, and what is it that you're wanting? Yeah, that's a good question. So let's see, it's hard for me to stay in role here. Because I'm not quite sure. So let's see. I'm going to go back into the role and I'm actually just going to be in that place. Like I'm not quite sure what I want. Okay. There's like a few things popping up. One is I want to know that our family is united. Okay. Yeah. You want the family to be united. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can tell I want to start just going off here. I want to talk about why I believe the kids are going to be confused and... Why I believe, you know, maybe we'll end up being on different pages. But yeah, and I'm hearing that you also really care about the kids. Like you don't want them to be confused. No, yeah. no, I really I want us to be united together as a couple, and I want us to be united as a family. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense. You want that? Yeah, it feels good to say that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel compassion over here and understanding. I want the same thing, so mm-hmm. I'm really relating with you here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it feels hard to not know how to do it all yet, you know? Like, I want the unity, and right now it feels like we are unified on in some ways, and but then this one piece feels like it's not unified, and I'm realizing that part of me wants to figure it out really fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to figure it out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And how is it feeling to have me be with you right now, and I don't really know what to do, and I'm trying to listen and help? How's this feeling? It's feeling really good and really supportive. Yeah, I'm just feeling like a lot of love right now and gratitude. I can feel gratitude. Cool. Yeah. Should we take scene there? Kind of process that? Yeah. Yeah. So as we were going through it, part of me was like, this may not go so smoothly for so many people listening, but it also felt really good to model what's possible. 
Yeah, and it is totally possible to work through a big issue and not get to a solution or not get to an action and still feel better. Yep. Because the amazing thing, the magical thing is when you are connected, the action seems to come up organically and naturally and it feels good. It could be that you're trying to fix a being problem, like being connected, by thinking, thinking your way through what actions to take, what do I need to do? So I just want to bring in this other framework, which is being connected on a being level is going to be much more effective to take action than trying to always deal with it on the surface level. That's a really good way of describing it. And I should say that there's nothing wrong with logic, and sometimes logic does work if there's not a bunch of emotional stuff to sort through, right? So you probably use logic all the time in your life, and it works great. We're just saying if there's emotional baggage there and it's you're not connected to your partner, then the logic isn't going to work. Yep, exactly. Because from here, right now, Bryce and I are more connected. I genuinely felt more connected to you by the end of our role play. Just even in, in acting that out, I could feel softening and connection towards Bryce. So from that place, then you have a better opportunity to problem solve and creatively collaborate together. And again, it may not happen in that moment, but you part ways. And if you can keep coming back to the connection over and over, and you might need to do it repetitively. It might not just be one conversation. It might be like the next week, you might be like, I'm feeling that thing again. Yeah. Right? So it might be repetitive, but every time you reconnect, it keeps creating deeper and deeper safety so that the logical brain has all this free space to think more creatively. Yeah. And I love mindset shifts here. So couples who are in a lot of conflict that is unresolved, there's a lot of emotional baggage and blame. It's almost like I'm looking at you as the problem. You are embodying the problem and I need you to change versus when we're connected, we can stand together and look at the problem over there and we can deal with it as a team. Mm -hmm. So many people are, are trying to deal with it as their partner is the problem. And you can just imagine how tough that is to live with someone and sleep next to someone who you're viewing as the enemy or the problem day in and day out. Mm -hmm. A lot of stress on the nervous system. And if you're in a situation where you don't have these skills yet and you bump up against moments where you do perceive the other to be the enemy, whether you're the one who's still, who's in a believing position or in a religion and in God, or whether you're the one who's transitioning or no longer believing, whatever position you're in, if you start to perceive your partner as the enemy and you don't have enough skills yet, then that's when you need to go get some skills. That's all this means is you don't have enough skills to navigate it. And you might be able to take some space at this point and go do some of your own work. So you might be able to say, I love you, I'm really triggered, or this conversation's not feeling like it's going in a good direction. I'm willing to come back to it, and I want a little bit of space to kind of work through what's going on for me. Yeah, you definitely want to finesse it here because this can be really difficult. So taking this in small chunks and trying to deal with it, it's definitely going to be a lot of different conversations happening at different times. Yeah. So notice when you're doing more damage than you are helping or being present and, and take space when you need to. Mm -hmm. And for the people out there who have a more avoidant attachment style, make sure you tell the person when you're coming back because someone leaving and not telling you when they're going to come back or not following through with what they said they would do 
is going to be really triggering for anyone, even you. So be really thoughtful and mindful about how you're impacting your partner. And if you need ideas for how to work through stuff, either on your own when you do take space, sometimes when you take space, you know, if Bryce and I are in a struggle and we're perceiving each other to be the enemy because that still happens for us at times, if we're in that struggle and we take space, sometimes I just get in my thoughts and they spin and I I get stuck there until I go back to a process. So if you need a process, go get the free video on the Intimacy Blueprint. At least start to see that there are processes out there that you can use so that you don't have to rely on how to do all of this by yourself. So there's tons of resources and we have some that we love and that we love to share. Um, And there's lots of others out there as well. If you get stuck, go check out some resources because we're just here to help everyone keep moving towards connection. Yeah, and here's the good news, even though you might not see it as good news, is no matter what, life is going to keep kicking you in the ass to show you where you have to grow up and learn. If you think you're a laid-back person who's great at communicating, great at relationships, and here you are with your partner right here, and you guys are just in constant conflict, guess what? There's a lot of room for growth here, and she or he is showing you exactly where that needs to happen. They're showing you exactly where your triggers are. Life is here to serve you. Your partner is here to serve you as you are to them. Triggering is not a problem. Emotions are not a problem. This whole thing is an amazing opportunity to come out of this stronger. And so I have a lot of faith. Put that plug, faith, in here. Mm -hmm. that, That this can be worked through. I've seen people work through it really effectively. Yeah, and that's that's what I have to say about that. Yes, so once you have the skills, you'll be able to turn to your partner and say thank you. Thank you for triggering me. That's when we know we've completed a loop all the way is when we can actually say, I wouldn't necessarily choose it again, but I can actually be grateful for it. That's when you know you've completed the loop. Cool, I like that. Thanks everyone for being here. I really am so excited to be answering your questions and really giving all of you information that's relevant to what you're wanting. So send in your questions to Jenny at advancedrelationshipacademy.com and we will talk to you soon. Okay, bye.